You're listening to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Pace, a mom and behavior coach here to help you understand and support your kids' big emotions and big behaviors. All right. Welcome back to the Rising Lava Parenting Podcast. Today we have Jolene joining us and she is a conscious parent coach, just like me. Um, But she is going to talk to us a little bit today about what that even means, conscious parenting. Maybe we'll get into a little tiny bit of inner work. Um, But anyways, Jolene, introduce yourself. Hi guys. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Um, I am a conscious parent coach. As you already said, I studied um, childhood pedagogy in Germany, which is childhood education, development, and everything combined. Um, And that's how I started becoming a conscious parent coach because I realized, man, it's not them. It's us. And totally. We need, we need to start with us and not with the kids. So that's how my parenting coaching journey started. And are you a mom yourself? I am. I have a 22 month old son. Um, He is thriving and definitely my son. I would consider him spicy because I heard that word the other day and I was like, this is a very perfect prescription of myself. Spicy is a good word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, um, I'm actually from Germany. Um, Germans are spicy. We are. And I have an aunt from Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we are. We're also very black and white. So if you, if you ask us a question, just be sure you really want the real answer. We're going to be oh, like, totally. yes or no. I love my aunt from Germany. Like she is exactly that way. But what you know about like just that culture is like, it's not like personal this time when I'm telling my opinion and not personal. It's like never personal. It's just like, I'm just gonna tell you how it is. And it feels so good to just like hear the truth instead of the sugar coating. It is very much true. It is. Um, I'm going to give you, if you ask me for it and what can lead to a lot of childhood trauma as well is even if you don't ask me about it, I will give you my <laughs> honest opinion. So sometimes as a child, we need a little sugar coating. A little, um, yeah, a little bit. Like maybe developmentally, they're not re- As you learn about development, you're like, oh, maybe I could have <laughs> not said that part. That's hilarious. Exactly. And so that is, um, that is pretty much me. Yeah, we live in Southern California and enjoying life. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. I just love this topic so much. I was reading your like bio and just kind of like what you're passionate about talking about. And I love the part that said your role is helping parents and caregivers have a strong relationship with themselves so that they can build the same with their children. And so, so much of like parenting and people who come to me for parent coaches wants me to solve their problem of their kid's behavior. How can I help my kid not, um, wake up at five 30. How can I help my kid not hit their sister? How, you know, and, and it, some of that I can give strategies for, but the biggest thing, the, the way that you want to actually become this parent isn't about changing your kid's behavior, right? It's about becoming that person yourself. Exactly. Yes. So can you just talk a little bit more about conscious parenting and what that means? For sure. Um, yeah. Conscious parenting is the beauty of finding yourself liking yourself and understanding who you really are and who you want to be. Um, It actually does not have anything to do if you are a parent or if you work with children, it can just be becoming who you want to be consciously in life through everyday life with your partner. But I think it is um, vital to do that when you are a parent, because otherwise you will just hand your own backpack down to your child 
child and they might have the same anxiety, fears and triggers as you do if you do not become aware of those. Mm-hmm. And you won't get rid of them, but you just have to learn how to handle those. Um, so your child doesn't suffer because a lot of times our society doesn't see children as individuals. Um, so it means that you just behave like you feel like by default, you just go all out. Just like when you are very comfortable with your partner and you don't care because you think they love you anyways, you know, they're not going to leave you. And with your child, you're even more comfortable Mm -hmm. doing so because you know, they need you. So what are they going to do? They're not going to walk out on you with three years old. They're going to stay and they're going to try to love you more and try to please you more and try to become who you want them to be. And when we understand that we cannot make our our children who we want them to be, but just accept them for who they are, they are actually able to live their own life and not our life that we wished for ourselves. I love that so much. So I read a quote one time that was like, I feel like I always say this sentence on here. I read a quote one time. No, but it was talking about how um, a child who's abused doesn't stop loving their abuser. They stop loving themselves. And, and it's, it's that same pattern. It's like when you're not parenting in a healthy way, your child's going to stick with you because they don't really have a choice a lot of the time. Um, but they're going to start people pleasing or tiptoeing around different feelings and just like acting different way to try to make sure that they're not causing you to erupt or whatever. So it's kind of an unhealthy pattern that can be very, very subtle and you don't even realize it's happening or very, very extreme. And you're like, Whoa, what is happening in this parent child relationship? Yes. And it's, and you can have twins and both of them have the exact same, exact same experience with you but they will both handle totally differently. One might just become this perfect child and you feel like you don't have to worry about them at all because they're, they're perfect. They don't fight against you. They do exactly what you want, you know? And then there's this other child who might go crazy and nuts. If you want to describe this and misbehaves and does all the bad stuff because they're trying to fight against you. So it's really every person is an individual and, um, maybe when they become older, they realize, oh man, you are actually the one that sucks. Sorry. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to take myself out of this relationship with you because you're not doing good for me, but they take that, that backpack that you gave them with them and they will be grown up and they still have that feeling. And maybe they start resenting you. Maybe they, you know, have, no contact with you at all, or they start healing and forgive you, or they just say, Hey, I can't anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways it could go. And like, I kind of resonated with what you just said, because I'm a twin and even thinking about like some specific experiences in my childhood. And I was watching your story today, actually, where you're talking about like inner child work and stuff and how like, well, there's this scene from this is us that you posted. And I loved that. I love that. So the triplets were sitting there and like Kevin was talking about his experience. And I think, I don't remember. I remember the episode. It was like a while ago, I think, but like, um, or was it new? I don't know. Is this like, no, it was an old one. I thought it was an old one. Cause I haven't caught up on the new season anyways. So, 
uh, Kevin says something about like his childhood. And then the other people are like, no, that didn't happen or whatever, if I'm remembering correctly. And then Randall was like, wait a minute. Like I I have my perspective of childhood. You have your perspective of childhood. You have your perspective of childhood, Kate. Like I'm not here to change your perspective. Like, and I think that's, that's, what's kind of cool about doing this is like, I could say a story to my parents and they'll be like, what? I never intended it that way, but it doesn't matter because it's what internalized to me, what my truth was. Same with like, if me and my sister were in a situation and it was much harder for her and I'm like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Everybody has their own experiences that also contribute to how they process what's happening with everybody else. Exactly. And that's, I saw this yesterday and I was like, well, yeah, that is totally true. And even with your parents, um, when you want to talk to them about it and they're like, this is not how it happens. And if you're still a people pleaser, you're going to be like, oh, you're right. It wasn't that bad. And you just submit it to the side and we're like, I'm wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So then whenever you do the, the inner child healing, um, the inner child work, then you understand that exactly that for them, it was not the same experience as it was for you. Um, but it is so real for yourself. So whatever happened and what you felt is real and it's okay. You don't need the proof from anyone else. You just need to accept what you experienced, live through it and sit with it, which is the hardest part because reliving this sitting with it and not trying to fight it off and not saying like it was not as bad is so much harder than just forgetting about it. But internally, you will never forget about it if you don't sit with it. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I like the way you explained it on your story. Like, because sometimes I talk about this on here, like we all have traumas from our past or whatever, but there's a lot of people listening probably right now who are like, no, my childhood was pretty awesome. I didn't really have trauma. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Yes. And um, just for everyone out here, when you hear inner child healing and you go like, all right, I'm going to pause this or I'm going to go to the next podcast because I can't handle this and deal with this. Believe me, I was the same person. I was like, this is too, I'm not going to run around the house with burning sage and buy crystals and all that stuff because that's not me. (laughs) Um, But then I realized, okay, well, I looked into inner child healing and then I heard childhood trauma and I was like, Oh my God, I didn't have trauma. I may have some issues, but I didn't have trauma. And then I was like, that's not for me, but I continued reading into it and understood that it didn't have to be like a abusive, dramatic experience for anyone that has at the end, childhood trauma. It just means that maybe in one moment in your life, and it doesn't even need to be when you're a child, but most of it happens when we're a child because we're not able to make the decisions ourselves a lot of times Mm -hmm. in our life. Someone else does it for us. Um, Where you just got handled or someone reacted in a way which you didn't need at that moment. You needed something else. And it could have been something different where you got in trouble for something that you didn't do. And maybe your parent, parents find out later that it wasn't actually you what happened. And they're like, all right, just don't make it a big deal about it. Yeah, I was wrong, whatever. Being yeah. passive aggressive. Or they don't even bring it back up ever again. <laughs> or never bring it up ever again. Or maybe your parents have never, ever apologized for to you ever, which is a big thing because the generation before us didn't think they would have to because they're the parents and they're always right. Right. 
So these are little things, no apologies. You weren't allowed to have an opinion. And if you spoke your opinion and it didn't align with your parents, then this could turn you into a people pleaser or it could turn you into I'm never good enough. I, I don't know. I'm stupid. Imposter syndrome. It could lead to all those things. And this totally. is trauma. It leaves a scar on your soul. Um, I'd rather call it scars because it happened and it leaves a scar there. You can see it. You don't always feel it, but, but sometimes when the weather is bad, you can also feel that scar. Mm -hmm. So this is what I kind of like to remind myself of with childhood trauma. I love that. Um, sorry, I was just looking at you and I'm like, you look kind of like JLo, like you're so gorgeous. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so goodness. Side note, go look at her profile. Cause dang. Girl. Um, <laughs> thank you. Oh my God. Now I'm going to turn red and I'm very glad. That this is the Good thing. They don't get to see the video. Right. Um, I'm just like lost my train of thought. Cause I'm like, wow, she looks like JLo. Okay. But <laughs> Honestly, my body is not as nice as 52 oh my gosh. old J-Lo. This amazing, is ridiculous. Right? It's the, probably the best compliment I can give. Um, okay, sorry. Back to trauma. <laughs> so, like, it can be as simple as, um, like, you say something that you're really excited about and someone dismisses you. And then you feel like you're not seen or heard. And so then later, when you're bringing up, like, with your kids, you're you're telling them, like, hey, I need you to put your shoes on. They're not listening. It's like striking that chord of like, I'm not heard. I'm not important. What I say doesn't matter. It goes back to our childhood traumas. And so that's why it's so important to address these things. Cause it's not like you're like, Oh, poor little Lauren. I call her little Lauren, poor little Lauren. Her feelings were hurt. It's like, no, poor little Lauren's feelings were hurt. And it's now coming up as a trigger with kids behaviors, right? Yes. That's exactly what it is. Whatever your child is doing, what you did maybe or what you were supposed to do will just it's a rewind it just brings you right back into it but the feeling is different it's not like someone is taking over or deciding for you or telling you or not telling you it is that feeling inside of you which just makes you leave the present moment and the only thing that you do is get tight and you literally your body tightens up and you're uncomfortable and you're full of anger I am of anger um, out of little things where when I am able to realize, oh, uh, this, sorry, I'm triggered right now. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to stay calm in the moment and breathe, I relax my body and I'm like looking at the moment. My One of my framework is stop, check, and then respond. So when I feel that's this tension, yeah. I stop, I check after I, I stop and I breathe and then I check like what is actually going on he doesn't want to put on his shoes or he wants to hang out in this pj all day yeah we're not going anywhere so it doesn't um, matter well this isn't about that matter. yeah then I respond in the present logical conscious way instead of being like I told you to put on your clothes why are you not listening and yeah. being upset because I feel like I'm not hurt and I don't matter Totally. So I use a similar framework. I say pause and ABC. So pause and then acknowledge, Oh, Hey, I'm triggered. Whoa. Triggered. Be curious. What's this even about? And then come back to calm before you respond. It's like the same oh, love that. thing. I just was like, I need an acronym or something. So I came up with that, but yours is exactly, it's the same thing. It's like, regardless of how you say the acronym, it's like, 
that's what you need to do. Like when you catch yourself, you catch yourself and you stop and then you breathe through it. You come back to present moment and then you can respond. And sometimes that means walking away. Like the other day, my daughter, oh my heavens to Betsy, I was outside and I was seriously like so frustrated. (laughs) She was so whiny, so needy. I was like, what is happening? Yep. And so I took a walk with my baby and I come back and I was like calm and I was back in the present moment, but I'm just like, I can't be here. Like for everybody's sake, for my sake, I realize I'm triggered. I need to go up front, grab a drink, come back. And then it'll all be fine. I found out later that instead of taking her vitamin D gummy, she took a melatonin gummy <gasps> at 9am. So it was Ooh. all explained later. I'm like, no, Roger, she was so crummy. <laughs> Yeah. And that is conscious parenting work right there, figuring out what actually happened and not blaming your child, but being like, oh man, well, I guess I messed up or maybe, you know, we all didn't realize what's going on. That's an amazing story, by the way. You got to write this down for later. (laughs) Right. The other thing too, is like, I was getting, I was starting to lose my cool on her, but the thing is, it's like, it like, it wasn't about her. It was about my levels. Like, so I use the analogy, the volcano analogy, my lava was rising inside of me from so many other things. And this was just the tipping point. That's just going to blow my lid off. Right. And so instead, I think I love that analogy because it, it makes you take responsibility for your own lava and not blame it on your child. Like, Oh, you're making my lava go up. It's like, Whoa, my lava is going up. I'm going to take a step back. Then I can come back and show up the way that I'm actually proud to show up instead of the old version, which would be yelling or, you know, saying you're driving me crazy and and placing blame. Yes. I love that. That is, I love the volcano analogy. I really do. Cause this is exactly what it is. Um, and blaming our children doesn't make sense because none of that is their fault. Even if they draw on the wall, yeah. like, first of all, see how old they are. If, yeah they're three years and older well you can you know tell them why we don't do this and then they help you clean up if they're three years and under ma'am it's your fault (laughs) i don't want to say your fault but it was your reason to make sure your child is in a safe place so they don't quotation marks mess up in your eyes Mm -hmm. because they're too young to understand that they cannot draw on the windows they're like oh my god look the color changes in here Mm -hmm. and it's through and this is amazing they're curious little little children that they want to just explore. So it's always to stay in the present and it's not your fault either. And it's, I, I hate it to say it, but I also love to say it. It's life. And there's so many more and bigger things in life to try to worry about those little things. But sometimes if that happens five times a day, we lose it mm-hmm. and know what to do when that happens for me, it was the other day, my little one was sick and I was worn out because I am still of the journey of not neglecting myself when he's little and not just be like, all boundaries, my personal boundaries are gone. Please do and take whatever you need. I'm here for you. Um, and so I was touched out and I just needed a moment. So whenever something happened, I was like, I will be right back. You're safe. And I took literally it was 20 seconds left the room breath, I took a deep breath drink of water came back and it was I was a hundred percent better if I would have stayed in that moment right with being needy or crying which is a big tr- 
trigger of mine. I would have probably not reacted in a way I would at the end of the day been proud of. Um, can we talk about that a little more? Why is, why do you feel like crying is a trigger of yours? Um, because loud noise, let's call it this way, was very, very common from my teenage years on. I was, when, when we think about the teenagers that I was talking about before, I was the one resisting. I was the mm. one fighting. I was the one like fighting back, screaming. I wanted to be heard. My opinion, I wanted to matter. And so, um, just like me, my mom also has childhood trauma, you know, that oh, yeah. it's just passed on. That's why it's called the generational cycle. Um, and I'm very much like my mom. So we responded the same way to each other. And that was screaming. Mm-hmm. And so everything that is screaming wise, my mom still like when my, when she's visiting and my son cries, you can see that loud noises make her very nervous mm-hmm. and it's her trigger just as much as it's my, as it's mine. So So you were taught through, even just through body language and observing body language that crying is not, it's not safe to cry. And so um, you're, well, crying was, it's more of like, not a big deal, you know, but the noise, the the loud noise. noise. Okay. And it doesn't even need to be a crying, but loud noises in general, if something jumps, you'll see me jump. Oh my gosh. So that's also, yeah, that's like sensory too. I mean, there's so much that goes into this. Like one thing I talk about in my membership and then also like I do it like in my retreats and stuff is like our sensory preferences, like knowing our sensory preferences helps us show up more consciously. Cause if we know we have a small threshold for sound, like then we're going to know when we need to take boundaries, when we need to bring earplugs, when we need this, that, and and the other, and like, if we know we have a large threshold and we're sensory seeking for something and we aren't being active for, for example, like if we're sensory seeking for, it's called proprioception, we're not getting that need met where we're getting like deep pressure on our joints and we're like riding bikes and we're wrestling. And I'm talking about usually little boys, if kids aren't getting that need met, then their behavior is going to change. And so it's like, so much goes into this. That's like knowing your triggers, knowing your sensory preferences, knowing like the patterns of your mom and your childhood, like all of these things go into being that conscious parents. So empowering when you start to like unravel it. Yes. To understand it. And honestly, we, we have to understand the developmental stage of children because we go just from what we know. And that means you don't know anything. I know it all Mm -hmm. because they don't speak our language. They speak from, from being born on, they have body language. And if you were just looking, you'll see it. Even the tiniest baby, whenever they are, know what picking up means, like Magda Gerber, she talks a lot about it. Let them know, I will pick you up now. Mm-hmm. And you will see the more you do it, they sometimes don't want to be picked up and they'll show you. They're like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm good right here. Absolutely. So understanding our child developmental stage, as well as are they even able to understand when you tell them, Hey, I don't want you to touch this fire because the fire is hot. They're like, well, I don't know what hot is. So they're like, that's why I'm touching it because I'm trying to learn. (laughs) Yeah. You said it's hot. Cool. What's hot on one of my favorite thing is, I mean, I do the, on Wednesdays we have, um, library story time tales. I do a live afterwards usually. And it's just like me observing other parents and caregivers on the playground and one thing with no judgment, by the way, anyone who comes to my page here is no judgment at all. Um, anyone who does uh, work with me 
if you spank your child or used to spank your child, I, even if I say I'm not a fan of it, there's no judgment. That's ever. how I feel too. It came up the other day at a party where they're like, I spank my kid. Like, don't judge me. And I'm like, dude, I know that everyone's just doing the best they can with what they know. And I don't even exactly. say it like that because that might be like, oh, like you're better than me. But that's like how yeah, I exactly. feel. What like, do you that's mean? How I feel. Yeah, it's just like yeah. everyone's just doing the best with what they know and what their emotional capacity is and what their patterns that they were raised with are. And, you know, no judgment. It's, it's just, Never. yeah, it's just like we want to support. Yeah, we are our village or we need to be and we should. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, with that playground, one thing that always comes up at least 183 times is be careful, honey, be careful, be careful. And so I know that we want to, you know, secure ourselves with like, I told you to be careful. Yes. But let's say a child is developmentally not ready and you tell your child, be careful by the stove. And then the next or the day before you told them, be careful walking on the slide or whatsoever they don't know why they need to be careful walking on a super high edge or whatsoever and they don't know why they need to be careful about the fire so conscious parenting is one of the major things is communication going into detail explaining why or why not Mm -hmm. and also i don't want you to have this or that right now because i don't want to clean it later this is also conscious parenting setting boundaries for yourself, but it goes through communication instead of just saying, no, uh, why? Cause I said, so that, you know, mm-hmm. just say, I don't want you to use the paint right now. Cause you know, it goes everywhere. And so you can say, sorry, honey, I know you want to play with the paint right now, but I don't want you to, because I have to clean it up later. You really don't feel like it. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Exactly. So it's, communication. And I think going along with that, like communication. And then, like you said, taking into account their development. So like you can communicate to a one-year-old explicitly, we don't touch the stove because it's hot and blah, blah, blah. But then you also have to set a boundary, like where they don't have access to touch the stove. Right. Exactly. The safe place. Yeah. Yeah. With a five-year-old, you can talk about it and they won't do it because they've, you've explained it, but like with a one-year-old, you're like, oh, like developmentally, they're not ready to process this. So I also have to prevent them from touching it. Exactly. Communication, let them know a two-year-old does not know that the stove is hot, Mm -hmm. but this is our parenting is not a job, but our job really is to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, compare that with, with a job. And that is, they don't know what it means. And so you have to create that yes space so that anything and everything they touch is a safe space mm-hmm. doesn't always work out so if something if they fall off a chair or a, you know they bump into something this will happen and that is a part of parenthood but in general especially the super safe spots we need to have an eye on um but i also um think with communication it is when when there is a stove or an oven I think it's not necessarily um, helpful if we tell them all the time, this is hot, even if it's cold. Yeah. So when we teach them, this is hot, and then they actually touch it there, it's like, no, it's not. Like, what do you mean? So (laughs) showing them, teaching them, 
it goes so deep and mm-hmm. oh my god I could talk for hours about it but these are little things that you will learn through conscious parenting of being like really in the presence which means the oven is not hot right now it's cold but when we turn it on it can be hot you know and yeah because kids understand and the more you work with them and see them as an individual and not a potato No, I actually love that. And I think, I don't know, that's one of the part of, I'm glad you brought that up because one of the part of conscious parenting, I don't bring up all all too often, but it's the way I parent my kids. Like when they ask a question, I'll give them like an answer and he'll be like, why? And I'll be like, oh, well, because this and this and this, but if I said, oh, the stove's hot, we never touch it. And then they touch it, like you said, and it's not hot then they're going to start to not like have a relationship of trust with you. And then they're going to feel disrespected. Like, Oh, why would mom tell me that if it's wrong? And it it spirals, you know what I mean? And so just being upfront and being like, sometimes you don't have to explain every single working mechanism, but also don't like make up a story to try to set the boundary because they will likely push the boundary and then it won't make any sense. Exactly. And the trust thing is awesome that you brought this up because it's so true well you just actually lied to me you know <laughs> lying is a part of development later with kids too uh, I don't want to get too much into that but when my we son lie, has started lying and it's cracking me up lately <laughs> yeah but it's amazing because then they know there's reality and there is yeah. you know this little not so truthful truth um so it's it's another milestone that they accomplished I kind of I know you said not to touch on this but now I have to share the story because it's actually like so funny I think you'll think it's funny so the other night we were watching a movie downstairs and my kids rooms are all upstairs and me and my husband how old are you kids okay so he's five he'll be six in September so we were watching a movie downstairs put all the kids to bed and then um we hear my five-year-old and my almost four-year-old, they're like downstairs in my office. And I was like, Charlie, what are you doing? And he's like, um, uh, oh, right. I had a nightmare. (laughs) He's like Ah. scuffling around in my office. He was looking for the iPad charger and we just started laughing. And I think it's so funny because when you know things about development, things like lying you don't have to take personally because you know it's part of their child development yeah and so then you're like this is actually funny like I'm actually like kind of like obviously I'm still gonna be like it you still have to go to bed but also it's like I'm amused that he's entered this stage because it's like hilarious to see him start to figure out how he can you know operate life which is awesome yeah and it's just awesome you know when you are like are you were you afraid that you're going to get in trouble if you want to say yeah. the truth? You know, it's just like, if you understand that, um, you can go into easier when you, just like you said, it's like, when you understand where they're at in life, you can actually operate on their level. Well, and it's not shame-based. It's like, you never lie to me. It's like, oh, you probably wanted the iPad, huh? Yeah. It's time for bed, but we're just going to head upstairs. I love you know? that. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we like, or used to, or I don't know, I've never have lied to our children be like, can you give me, mm, I don't know, whatever they have in their hand. Can you give me the water bottle? I'll give it right back to you. And then you right. just take it and be like, I'm gone. It's gone. You know? Yes. And that is also a lie, which we, you know, teach them and it they doesn't start to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted you. You can go back to what you're saying. If you remember. Oh no, that was exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say. Yeah. No, I just wanted to talk about this little life. Like you just, you know, had that story with your son and how we also lie to our children if we're not aware and if we want to get a quick fix. So it's the conscious parenting is really changing your whole shift of thought. 
mm-hmm. how you how you receive your child and how you understand your child but it all starts with you like we said at the beginning this conscious parenting journey starts with you and any parenting journey actually starts with you I love that so much. I seriously think we could talk for hours on this. Like, are I just you're just fun to talk to, my little J Lo look alike. <laughs> oh my goodness, I'm I'm really really glad that this is not um going to be published. But thank you so much. I'm still learning to take compliments, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay, so where can we find you on the internet? Um mindfulness.mom on Instagram. And then I have a website, um, www.mindfulness-mom.com. Um, I also give webinars or workshops, but mostly I do one-on-one clients. Um, and yeah, I just love to connect with people. So that's why I chose this path of, job is that a job yeah job. yeah (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for being here thank you so much for having me hey friends have you loved listening to the rising lava parenting podcast if you have please leave a five-star review comment the things that you love what you want to hear more about tell me how this podcast has impacted your life thank you so much for being here and share it with a friend let's change the world of parenting